Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome to Zone Time, everybody. I'm Julian. Omar's here. Sam is here. Arun's Srinivasan is back. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back to the fold. Hopefully things are good with you, buddy. Things are going great. Thanks for having me. Man, thanks for being here, man. You came in at a very interesting time in the NHL season. The Vancouver Canucks are really not good. We're going to spend a good chunk of time on today's episode talking about how uh, things just keep going from bad to worse. Before we detail that whole list of how bad it's been, Sam, are you okay? I'm I'm fantastic. <laughs> I seem pretty happy for the Canucks being in the toilet. Uh, I mean... Maybe it's expectation management. I, I'm sure, you know, I think I think Omar Omar and Arun as Leafs fans probably understand the expectation management part. No, we don't. At least I don't. <laughs> I, I have no idea what expect- I have said for <laughs> years that this team is not good. I have said that the roster is poorly built. Mm. They overdepend on a goaltender putting in a Vezina level performance to even compete. They mm. have an atrocious blue line. Mm. and i have said that for years and i have been told that i am too negative that negative fans are the problem in vancouver that they are i was told i think in 2019 and also in 2020 that in two years they were going to be a contender they were two years behind the colorado avalanche and i remember thinking at the time i am going to bookmark these tweets and i did bookmark those tweets but i am going to wait for the end of the season when it is actually two full years but i think we can all safely conclude six games into the season that they were not in fact two years behind the colorado avalanche yeah so you know like it sucks that they're winless but it's not like i was expecting them (laughs) to be good so i don't know i didn't expect them to be this bad (laughs) <laughs> no, no one did. No one did. If you were to tell me the Vancouver Canucks would be 0-4 and two, having well, the first four losses come off multi-goal blown leads, including a fifth one that had another blown lead, like that's really bad. That is like you'd have to buy a lottery ticket if you somehow predicted. They were like, multi-goal leads that. against teams that are at best average. Even like mm-hmm. Min- like Minnesota got their first win off of them, did they not? And Columbus. Ah, Lee. You made Buffalo. I mean, the Buffalo Sabres look pretty good, but like they swept Western Canada 
Mm. And the final straw was that win over Vancouver. Yeah, it is, it is not fun. By the way, uh, for those who don't know, Sam is the host of a, a new show, uh, Game Over Vancouver, where she uh, does all the post games uh, for uh, another some, YouTube some channel. Thank God, just some of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. If game, <laughs> if 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 this season was a video game, we would have turned off the Xbox or the PS5 already. No, no, no. It wouldn't have been turned off. It would have been freaking like you know. Sometimes you get really like back in the day when you had to yeah. play with like corded controllers, and you get really yeah. mad and you pull the controller too much, and then the console falls. That's, <laughs> that's shout out to my PS One. That thing got destroyed. you did that to your PS One. My PlayStation One lasted a whole two weeks. Oh Digimon. no! Digimon World One was very frustrating. Good times, good times. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's either that or like you take your controller and you chuck it at the yeah. TV and you mm. break the screen. Yeah, that also happens. Someone in Vancouver has done that at least once. Oh yeah. Oh, well, not yeah. At once. Once you do it, once it's over. But someone has done it. Well, yeah. Well, I'm seeing, I'm seeing videos of like, okay, so first off, like jerseys are being thrown on the ice, and again, you know, as a Leafs fan, I understand that. <laughs> I went oh, ruin you and we went through yeah. we went through our years of people chucking even last year as early as last year I think it was last like the year third. we saw the Canucks do it we saw the mm-hmm. Leafs do it the, it happened at a Canadians game too yep. if yep. you were in a Canadian market you were chucking a jersey yep I've seen yeah. videos of Canucks fans burning Canucks jerseys mm-hmm. I I saw that clip of like what was it, JT Miller and Luke Shen like having that little like argument or whatever I yeah. mean like it's yeah I mean it's tough However, can I interject and add a positive spin? My friend, see, this is a moment where, like, I wish we were recording. Like, the zone time starting off online has been great, but if, if there's ever a moment where we could record in person, I wish it could be this moment because I would just slowly turn and look at Sam and say, Sam, <laughs> Connor Bedard. You know what I would say to you, Omar? Yes. I am under zero illusions that the Canucks mm. will win any draft lottery, mm. much less the Connor Bedard draft lottery. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What if they do? What if they do? But also, what if you finish last and you're like guaranteed like a top three pick? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, what if, I mean, look, because yes. that could happen. Yes. I would happily take Cantilli or Mishkov. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. There's three guys that were gone first overall last yeah. year. So. Yeah. If you're going to be bad, this is the year to be bad. Mm-hmm. So I do agree with that. But everyone who's like, Connor Bedard is going to come home. Like, have you watched this team before? Do you know anything about the history of this team? That's true. This team could have had Gilbert Perot and they lost that draft lottery to the Buffalo Sabres. This team yeah. has never had a number one draft pick in its what entire history, that? ever. What year was it when... Oh, it was the infamous Trevor Linden sad meme where um I think the Canucks like dropped from like f- like f- was it three to six or four to six? It was it was some something like that. Oh, it was the it Matthews was- draft. It was the Matthews one. It was the Matthews draft, the 2016. They dropped from um from four to six. And then Trevor Linden looked very, very, very sad. It was nice. And then but the year after nice they they dropped as well, but they took Elias Petterson. So that was fine. Yeah, exactly. I just had to refresh my memory over uh, who the Vancouver Canucks picked in 2016. It was the man who passed out. It was the man who passed out last year. Ole Uliyevi. They picked him fifth over. Oh, my God. If you guys forget what the 2016 draft order was like, let me just read through the top seven picks. Mm -hmm. So Austin Matthews, then Patrick Laine, then Pierre-Luc Dubois, then Yessi Pugliarvi, 
then Ole Ulievi, and then Matthew Kachuk, and then Clayton Keller. Oh, so Keller and Matthews are the only ones still on their teams, eh? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's Ole Ulievi. Yes, yes, yes. For now, we just we just keep despite, we just keep hearing the rumors. Media's best. Some more Avery is like <laughs> Avery was like what? <laughs> you can't move him. <laughs> Yo, the day the if 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 the Oilers ever trade ever trade Pulley Army, we have to have like an immediate zone time. Like I don't like it. It doesn't matter. Emergency like what zone time. time. Emergency zone time. Like the minute the minute it happens. Oh my oh, god! That man loves that man loves Yessi Pulleyarvi. Mm. But we could do that on a different day. Yeah. I just want to know, we Obar, you actually listed out all the different uh, things that have transpired with the Canucks over the last few days. The the fighting. You didn't even mention some of the quotes coming out from guys like Bo Horvat and, and JT Miller. Ooh. By the way, I love more, another another thing for y'all to do. Sam uh, has done the Lord's work. And uh, is putting together a tweet thread of the best quotes of the Canucks season. <laughs> and she so says she will update it on an ongoing basis. I haven't bookmarked it. I bookmarked it. <laughs> they can't. I don't understand this organization. Like, sorry, we have a new new president, new GM. Mm-hmm. I thought we were done with like the we ran out of time style quotes, but no, no, this organization's singular talent is losing. And also giving us quotes that age poorly immediately. So, Sam, I got a quick question for you because I thought you said something really like smart at the start of the show. Was just like, how much of this? She is- always does. She always does. No, of course. But like, how much of this is based on like expectation management in Vancouver? Like, what's the feeling like there? Because as Omar also alluded to too, like in Toronto, even with a three and two team, it feels like the sky is falling. So I just wonder like what that's like there in Vancouver. Like, was the expectation for this team to be drastically better? I think it just depends who you talk to. I think this is like, it's an interesting market in that it's probably very polarized. There is a faction. uh, There's probably three segments of fans. There's probably two segments who are like overly invested in the team. One of which is like, we need to be positive. This is the, this is a great team. We have a great core they're going to be contenders they just need more time and they've been saying that for years there's the side that's kind of like oh this is a terribly built team they have blown the last eight years they should have rebuilt earlier we're just stuck in groundhog day and there's probably like a sizable portion that's just somewhere between the two which is probably the most rational place to be (laughs) and not be over invested in this team I think that if you were if you were on the side of this is an elite team that's going to contend for the cup i imagine you're having a very rough time but i also think there's there's this perception that all the people myself included i get a lot of this is like you're you're happy they're losing because it means you're right sorry i would rather be wrong i would love to be wrong i want this team to go on a run until every year i want them to be a contender year in year out i would love to be wrong I am not at the point where I'm like, yeah, I'd rather be right and have them lose 82 games. Like that's not fun for anyone. And I think this, the whole idea that people are happy they're losing is absurd. People are, I think the people who have said for a long time, they need to actually properly rebuild. They need to actually do the hard work and not sign JT Miller to an 
seven year contract when he's going to turn 30 and they're nowhere near their window. Uh, there are like, people just want to see a plan. Like people oh. want to stop hearing they're going to be good in a couple of years. Like, I don't see the path there. I haven't seen the path there in the last few years, other than like, we're going to count on every single thing to go right. There's no long-term planning here at all. And I think that for the most part, the market is frustrated and angry that we're doing this again. Like, what are you going to do? Fire Bruce Boudreau? All we heard all off season was, oh, Travis Green was obviously the problem. Boudreau had them on a 107-point pace. Obviously, this team is good. The roster is well-built. What are you going to do now? Fire Boudreau? Like, how many coaches can you go through? All I heard last offseason was, Bruce, there it is. Mm. I think Bruce... <laughs> I actually... The person I feel the worst for is Bruce Boudreau. Yeah. Because yeah, I think he yeah. has answered the tough questions. He has done the job he's asked. He's done it with good grace, good humor. And all he gets at every turn is Jim Rutherford disrespecting him publicly in his quotes, like making it clear he is not their guy, making it clear that they weren't sure they wanted to extend him. At this point, I don't know why Bruce doesn't just like pull up Paul Maurice and like, peace out. I'd be like, uh, see, I enjoy this. I don't need this. It's so funny. It's in the case, not funny, but it's so interesting because and again, I know I'm doing the Leafs thing and making everything about the Leafs, but just like bear with me for a second. Is that everything hearing, about the Leafs? <laughs> hearing Sam like talk about the issues of the Canucks there, like reminded me so very much of like that 2010 to like 2014 era of the Leafs where they had no plan, where the goal was just make the playoffs, get those two home games, and that's it. And we took that one year where we made the playoffs fortunately we're coming up to the 10 year anniversary of that and we were like okay we're ready we're good we're fine we're gonna sign this plate or this we're gonna bring in david clarkson and give him a seven-year deal like all of this stuff that doesn't make sense we're firing coaches so it's like like randy it's like the randy carlisle and dave, dave nonis that's happening in vancouver right now and yeah it's very interesting to see that there isn't necessarily a plan even though there are pieces but it doesn't seem like there's any long-term longevity and as we've seen time and time again you're either two things either one you have to commit to a plan or two you fire the coach and by some drastic miraculous positivity train that that ends up working for the team and they do that could be the that could be the worst thing that happens for vancouver is that they fire brudro they hire like barry trotz and then they end up like winning the division or something and then making the playoffs or, or whatever like that's the worst thing that can happen and, and the fact that fans for the longest time, I've been saying that they that they need a plan. They don't need to what the they don't know what the plan is. Like that's a problem. That's a problem. You can't be a team that's like in the middle. That's the, those purposeless teams where you don't necessarily worst know. Place what, to be. That's the worst yeah. place to be. And I thought I generally thought that Vancouver would be better. I didn't think they like dominated whatever. But I thought they'd at least like hang around and stuff. But like this start has been brutal. And again, it's been we're right back to where we were last year, where it just was this very dom and somber and everything was negative. And then Brujo came back and everything seemed like it was fun. And now you have the fun person, but the negativity is still there, but even worse to the point where, again, things are being thrown on the ice. They're asking players about it. And the players are saying they don't care about it. I'm what man, the next set. They can we lose go a, through, can they we go through again. the JT Miller stuff? If they lose that? again. There's going to be JT Miller jerseys everywhere, man. Like, like I it, have, it's brutal. Can you name me a player who has, 
so quickly tanked the goodwill a market had for him. Yeah, he butchered it. Yeah, man. Like he, we like, left last season oh. with people saying he's a one C best trade in Canucks history, best player on the team, best player on the team with Elias Pettersson. Okay, we had people mm-hmm. saying he should take over the captaincy from Bo Horvat. I and mean, six games in. No, I don't think he should get rid of the captaincy, but. <laughs> I think the Canucks have found a way to like tank ethically in some ways. Like they have a roster that on paper is somewhat competitive, but they are closer to bottoming out than actually being good. So, you know, they can blow these three leads in a row and be like, look, we put out a competitive team and yet still crash towards the bottom. Also to the point about having no plan. I agree completely. Like the Canucks need to find some sort of identity. What is it like? Is, are they bottoming out? Are they just saying this has been a six-game anomaly and we're going to get through this? Like, what has Jim Rutherford or Patrick Alvin said? I mean, keep in mind, like, Patrick Alvin got hired in January. It hasn't been that long ago. So, like, what is their plan? It just seems like if they commit to direction one way or another, great. But they are sort of stuck in that purgatory there. And I have no idea what it is. The problem for me is he came in. He said all the right things, I think. He acknowledged that it was a poorly constructed roster. He said the defense required a lot of work. He said that they were probably a couple years away from being a regular playoff team. Okay? And I think those are all correct assessments of this team. But then he proceeded to treat the offseason. And, like, I say he because he's the president. Obviously, Levine's the GM. But, like, they did pretty much nothing over the off season to change the team other than to extend JT Miller with a massive contract, $56 million. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is a move that you make if they are already a regular playoff team and you want to go all in and win now in the same time frame that the Calgary Flames are in one now mode in the same time frame that Colorado is in a win now mode in the same time frame that Edmonton is a win now mode. It made no sense. It still makes no sense. Other than that, people really liked him. He was their best player in terms of offensive production. But in terms of a plan, like what what Rutherford said coming in and what he actually did make no sense together. Mm -hmm. And he went from saying this is a defense that requires a lot of work. And to be to be fair, he said, you know, we were able, we weren't able to do as much as we thought we could over the offseason to improve the defense, but they did nothing. Okay. This is a team where Tucker Pullman and Travis Dermott and Tyler Myers are all considered like make or break pieces. That's a problem. And two yep. of those three pieces are injured right now. That's yeah. And problem. Hughes is now injured and Stillman is injured. And he described the defense, like I said last week, he said it is certainly adequate if it's healthy. Quinn Hughes is injured. Yeah, Quinn Hughes is out week to week week with to Tra- week. Travis Dermott too. Yeah. Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard. Bastard like, didn't skate today either, so I think he may also be injured again. Connor Bedard, Con- like man, like the blue line was already an issue, and that's that's tough. Unless you make some like they they have they have to do something. They ha- and it can't just be firing the coach. Like, you can't just, like, bring in a new person and say, hey, we're going to try better. Like, sure, f- yeah, obviously, yeah, okay, you're going to try harder. But it's like, yeah, either, like, Thatcher, Thatcher Demko, like, goes god mode the entire season. Or, hey, we're bottoming, we're bottoming out. And, Dave, if, if Vancouver put out, pulled the New York Rangers and said, you know what, we've heard you, we've listened to everything, 
We're going to be, we are going to start this over and then just started trading everyone or at least try to. I, yeah, you know, to Sam's point earlier, yeah, you'd have the fans that like really want the team to do well. But I think for the most part, the majority of, of Canucks fans would be, would say, finally, like at least we know what the direction is. Now, if they lose, we won't be frustrated. We'll say, yes, that's sick. That's cool. That what that year, man, we were the least committed to losing was sick. The Mitch Martyr draft, when we were going for McDavid, that was so sick. Every loss was like, yes, yes. And then like every every single every single win was like so frustrating. But like, because at that point we knew what was the what the plan was. We knew that we were rebuilding, we knew that we were trying to, you know, get as low as possible, you know, get draft picks, trade player. The trade deadline was more exciting because we weren't looking for looking for buying targets. We we're looking, okay, what can we get for this player? What can we get for that player? So, and maybe, I don't know, maybe if, if also the team itself knows that, that that's what the direction is, maybe in some way that can be a weird incentive to increase individual performances. I mean, J, what, what does JT Miller have right now as far as like stats? I haven't really been paying attention too much. Yes. He He's been points. on the ice. Yeah. There was like a point where he was on the ice for almost every goal. He allowed. was on the ice for Ooh, the first okay. nine goals against. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So maybe they should have traded him last summer, but you know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, he turns it, maybe he turns it around and then he ends up being like being one of those like, you know, trade deadline, good acquisitions granted, well, you know, you have to, take they have to trade him this too. year because then his no trade clause kicks in next year. Is it full? They one thing have to trade him this year if they're going to oh trade Oh my him. God. Yes, but so the look- thing is like, but that's what sucks about the start that the Canucks are, are on right now. It's one thing for them to say, hey. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Man, we're going to rebuild and everything. But, like, if you're in a position where, unfortunately, you're like the Vancouver Canucks and, like, you are underwhelming and you suck, it is not ideal to try to trade away some of those best pieces for full value, right? Like you want to do them at a point where they're actually playing really well. Imagine you're trying to get rid of JT Miller on the contract that he's on right now. Yeah, good luck with that. You're going to have to wait a couple of games and hope for him to Should actually have gotten rid of him when he had a 99-point season. Yeah, that yeah, was there. You have to think. Get yourself some defensive help off that. I don't know. I mean, I want uh, every Canucks fan to listen to what Omar just said about how one season of planned sucking rocked. Like, I want the organization to listen to it because... I think part of the problem is they have consistently trotted out this line that while well, the market, the market isn't prepared for a rebuild, like this market can't tolerate a rebuild. They said the, the same fans, thing here. They said the, the same fans thing here. are smarter than you give them credit for. Yep. They said that yep, Montreal right now, That's, they're going through a yeah. rebuild and after mm-hmm. years 
of people saying people wouldn't go through that. I haven't seen Habs fans more relaxed about their prospects in years. All fans want is a clearly communicated plan. You tell them we're going to be bad for X amount of time because this is the plan and they will tolerate it. I mean, this is a, it's been eight years of this. Like, sorry, you could have been done a rebuild in this time. It's not like, it's not like we've been, through some kind of short-lived amount of pain anyway. Jim Rutherford said on After Hours the other day, we may very well be in a rebuild in the direction we're going, but ideally we'd like to transition this team on the fly. That is what Jim Benning said in 2014. We can retool on the fly. It's been eight years. What am I, are we doing another eight years of this? Like that's 16 years. You're telling me you couldn't have done a proper rebuild in 16 years. So So Harman Dow at the Athletic had like a really good article today, sort of breaking down what the Canucks could do. And one of the things he touched on was how Jim Rutherford has a tendency to make in-season trades. But with this, the operative point being, they're not the Sidney Crosby Pittsburgh Penguins, the Vancouver Canucks. Like, would it be in their best interest to make a move right now? I don't know. Uh, quickly, I would say, I don't think I enjoyed the 2016 league season as much as Omar did, but at I least, but, uh, dude, I, without you, like, without your recap, I don't think I would have even, like, remembered virtually anything. But because it was sort of told to the fan base, like, look, this year is going to be miserable, it kind of came with sort of a tongue-in-cheek sort of experience. Like, look, this is going to suck, but I'll suck for a year or two. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, like if the Canucks make a move, like, who would it be? Is, is everyone on the table? Because like the only person that I think that would extract fair value right now is Elias Pettersson, but I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. I was I was about yeah. to say that uh, uh, before Omar makes his point. Uh, Sam made a point about how she wants everyone from the Canucks organization to listen to this. My vote is that we uh, contact our friend of the show, Rachel Dory, and send this episode to them because that's going to be our way to ensure the. Co- oh, whoops! Sorry, I forgot about the fact she doesn't work for the Canucks anymore. My bad. Just one big redacted. Here we go. We're just gonna have to strike that segment from the mm. tape. Omar, you go ahead and make your point. Yeah, I mean, like it. It is. It is like a fair question. I mean, like, like who do you actually move? And and it's it's not like, especially if you're if you're going into that quote unquote. I don't know, like rebuilding era or whatever. You have to trade people that people are going to want. So obviously, everyone will say, "Oh yeah, trade JT Miller," but like. Right now, JT Miller hasn't been good. Bo Horvat has been a name that's been around for a while, and he hasn't been amazing. So it's also all about timing. And But to Sam, to your point earlier, it's just like, man, if you're quoting Jim Benning, a person who was loved in Vancouver, <laughs> loved in Vancouver, then I, I think there's a problem. And, and we've seen it time and time again, the organizations that are just unwilling to admit where they are and what they do to the fan base, what they do to the organization, what they do to the value of the team when it comes to the players. Like at like you think the team, you think the players in the locker room are looking around saying, Oh yeah, don't worry. We're going to, we're going to flip, turn this around and we're going to go like, no, they're like, it's the beginning of the season. Like the, like not ev- the St. Louis blues ruined the NHL. I will say it until the day I die. They ruined the NHL because now every team thinks, don't worry, the St. Louis Blues are in last place at the halfway mark and they won the cup. It's like, no, that doesn't happen for every for everyone. So like they're all thinking the same thing and you just need to commit to something. And again, if as just like we've all been talking about, if there was every year to be bad, it would be this one. 
And that's why I'm so pissed off at Philadelphia. I'm so I'm so mad at them. We oh, we, we could get to Philly and, and and Chicago on this on that too in terms yeah. of big surprises. I just want to say this, man. Like Vancouver, it sucks. Oh, I thought, I thought you just said Vancouver, you suck. I was like, oh, okay. No, <laughs> this no. I think they've heard enough of that already. <laughs> I just I just wanted to offer some comforting words in a tough time. It'll get worse before it gets better. But also, JT Miller said, hey, for the fans, throw the jersey and say he doesn't care. I'm not crazy about him saying what he said about that. I know he followed that up saying, I'm not worried about if people want to come to the game, pay all that money, throw their jerseys on the ice. Go ahead. I've got a job to do. I'm worried about being the Canes tonight, which, of course, by the time you hear this, who knows if they beat the Canes on Monday night. But yeah, I can understand why a lot of people got upset uh, about uh, that quote from me. Don't don't say stuff like that. I mean, both parties actually, have a right to feel that way. I don't think it's bad that he said he doesn't yeah, care. They throw the okay. jersey. I actually think that's a perfect response. He sh- like okay, yeah. If you want to go throw a jersey to express your displeasure, particularly in a market where last season the owner said that sent him over the edge and he fired the GM have at it i actually i took bigger issue with the quotes he's had earlier this week uh he was asked about his defensive game and he basically said he's not going to change the way he plays he doesn't think he's given up much of anything what this is a man who was on the ice for nine straight goals what 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 (laughs) what uh this is a man who was supposed to be the one c but has been moved to the wing because he doesn't play defense okay so he said that and the other thing that i really took issue with is For somebody who consistently puts himself out as the big guy on campus, he's the leader, he's very vocal, he wants to be treated as such, he wants to be paid as such. When you have the reaction he had to Luke Shen coming off the ice, and it's on camera, in front of the fans, and somebody asks you after what was the discussion about, I'm not saying he has to like detail what they said, I'm not saying he has to disclose what happened, but his answer can't be, it's none of your business, which is what he said to Daniel Wagner. Like yes, this, is, this is a team where the Sedins for season after season, loss after loss stood there and answered every single tough question thrown their way. And it is not a market where I think we, where most people tolerate that kind of response. Like you want to be a leader on the team. You have to give a better answer than it's none of your business. It is literally his business. You did this on the ice in front of cameras. He is entitled on to hockey night in Canada. Yeah, here's my man. other thing about it too. He didn't do this on a Tuesday night. He didn't do this on a Thursday night. He did this on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Hockey night in Canada. You mm-hmm. out here going off on Luke Shen. And then you tell the reporter, it's none of your business. And I get players will say stuff like that. You keep it amongst on the ice or, or you keep it in the room. But I don't know. If you're trying to be this leader guy, that is not a great show of leadership. So at least wait until you get into the tunnel before you have a back and forth with Luke Shen. Or I don't know, give me, you know, you can say like, obviously we're all frustrated, like give a respectful answer. You don't get to just dip out of it like that. I think that's, that's, that's very well said. Uh, (laughs) Unless anyone else has anything else they want to add on the Vancouver Canucks and the grave that is being dug for them right now. We're going to have to move on to another topic here because uh, I think we've, we've done please, enough. Sam, you, you were brilliant. Talk, please. Can't talk about this team anymore. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Philadelphia. You mentioned uh, Philadelphia earlier, Omar. Uh, there are three teams uh, that I have in front of me who are off to some pretty surprising starts. And I just wanted to know 
which of these three teams uh, do you think is off to the big is the biggest surprise to this point? Philadelphia, uh, they have four wins to their talent. I think they came back and won the other night. Uh, the Sabers, they swept through Western Canada. They're uh, they're doing pretty well. Chicago does not have a losing record as of this recording. And I believe as of this recording as well, they've won three in a row. Which of these three teams is the biggest surprise? For me, it's Philadelphia. Omar. Oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead, Rude. No, no, no. Oh, well, I, I mean, I just have to jump on this one, man. Yeah. In, in, go in, ahead. Staff, in staff predictions, like I said Philadelphia would be the worst team in the league by some distance. I know the consensus pick might have been Arizona Chicago, but I thought Tortorella coming back with just like a horrific right side of their defense would have um, sort of sealed the Flyers' fate. So, no, they've been, they've been better. I mean, and they beat the Lightning in one of their wins, too. Like, I was trying to assess quality of opponent. I don't think either of these three teams have really beat any world beater, so to speak. But I have to say Philadelphia. I thought they were going to be horrific in a year where there are a few teams that are trying to bottom out. Uh, Sam, do you want to take it before Omar goes in? Uh, it's a tough call between Philadelphia and Chicago. I think I thought there'd be more left for Buffalo. No, because I think Buffalo, Buffalo is actually a team that has rebuilt on the fly well. I wasn't expecting them to be atrocious. I actually did expect Chicago to be atrocious. Um, yeah, I think Philly. I, I'm I'm with her, and I th- I think Philly because I think if Chicago really wanted to tank, they would have traded Patrick Kane. Okay, that's very true. I'm gonna give I'm gonna mention Buffalo here just because I, I I know. You got to remember here with rebuilding, rebuilding doesn't always work as fast as you want to. And Buffalo is the prime example of that. They're rebuilding their rebuild, or some people might say they're rebuilding the rebuild of the rebuild. Like it has been a long time before the Buffalo Sabres have been relevant. And for them to cut through Western Canada and beat Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver, look, Vancouver's in the shit, but like they have the players that they have. And I don't think anyone expected them to roll through Western Canada and win all those games. That's a very big deal for this Buffalo Sabres team. And Rasmus Dahlin is, is on God mode with that goal scoring streak to start the year. Like that's that's I did not. Ex- not? I know they're gonna. Yeah, it's yeah. The longest, it's, it's, the, it's the longest streak goal scoring streak to start a season by a defenseman yeah. ever. Look, I know the Buffalo Sabers. At some point, they had to. They like their their ascension has to start at some point. I think it's still worth giving them some love for the start that they have. Now, Omar, please tell us why it's Philadelphia. Okay. I just want to, I just want to preface by saying that I am aware and I understand that if a team hires John Tortorella, they're not trying to lose. I understand that. So please you don't have to come to me and, and say that. Say that. I just want to, I just want to connect and go back to, to things that Arun said. Yes. Based off the stats, he thought they would be horrific. Mm-hmm. Right. And we all thought that, right. There was, there was nothing, there was nothing, no, no lie. No, no, no shame in that. Right, based off no. how the rosters can be constructed, the injuries, the injuries that, that are around, right? And yes, you bring in John Tortorella, you have that hype video saying, "Oh, you know what? We're gonna challenge each other. My door is always open." Yada yada, right? But they're four and two in a year with Connor Bedard. Yeah. <laughs> can someone tell me? Can someone tell me who is the star player in Philly? Right now, Connor Harder, Travis Konechny, probably. Thank, thank you, thank you. You see how long you see, you see how see that delay, see that delay. I don't understand these teams that have every reason to be. You know what? This is why, like, you know what, Sam? 
I'm sorry, we have to we have to go, go back to Vancouver for a second because this this yes. is why there are teams that try to do well and don't, and then there are teams that don't need to try to do well that have every excuse, every excuse to be bad, and then for some reason they start winning games. Now I know the other counterpoint people will say, well, organizations um tank, not players or what, or not 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 players. Players try. I get that. I understand that. Now have that thought. In June, when you see Connor Bedard in like uh, Arizona jersey or like a Seattle jersey or or something, and not yours, you just traded Claude Giroux. You need someone. You needed something. It would have been sick. I don't understand. I I don't understand. Oh oh well, John Tortorella is gonna make the team better. Why did you hire him then? Have one year of like an interim and be bad. And then Chicago. Chicago is another one. Like in Chicago, I I don't know if what they're doing is sustainable because Mrazek is is out again. Or, or, or something. If I'm Kyle Davidson, I am kicking down every single. What the heck are they doing? I traded the Brincat. I traded Kirby Doc. I made all yes, of these did. moves. What, what the what the heck's going on now? To Sam's point, they still have Patrick Kane. They still have Jonathan Taze. You know, they, you know they they have you know Max Domi and stuff, and you know Anthony Cu. They still have skilled players or whatever. But it's like, why, why? And yes, it's October. I get it. But every time, I was shocked when I saw they beat they beat Tampa. I was shocked. How? And I went on Twitter and people were saying, "Oh yeah, we're we're here. We're we're gonna we're gonna win. We're gonna we're gonna have a great season." You're missing the point. You are missing the point. And you know what? And if they turn around and bottom out and and win the draft lottery and get Connor Bedard, you know what? Great. That's cool. Everything was worth it. But if they finish and get like the tenth overall pick, what was the point? Well, well, what's the point of the season? Here's, here's the counterpoint. Philly, Philly's going to bottom out, man. It's a magical October in Philadelphia right now. The Eagles oh, are undefeated. God. The Phillies are going to the World Series. The Flyers are formed above the stations. They're going to come crashing soon. Don't worry. I hope, man. I'd be yeah. so here's the counterpoint I yeah. have yeah. to this, right? Also, by the way, I think I mentioned Philly had a comeback weekend over the last couple of days. I think it was Chicago that came back against Seattle. But here's the counterpoint I have. The draft is ultimately a crapshoot. I know Connor Bedard is on god mode and like dude is killing it and i i'm telling you he should change any franchise that he goes to but man just being this team that is absolutely the worst team does not always guarantee you the first overall pick and i completely understand where uh where sam is coming from uh with with her feeling that vancouver probably won't even get there and i'm sure you put your hand down you got no, I, but i will I, say like you can have yes yes hold Mitch on yes. and we we do have Austin Matthews, and where did the Leafs uh, finish that year last? And uh, who who drafted um and who drafted Uriah Slavkovsky last year? It was Montreal. And what Montreal year? Did, and, what, it. and what? Well, where did they finish last? The Detroit Red Wings in the bubble year were the worst team in the NHL, and they they the New York Rangers were in a playing round and won the draft lottery. We don't I understand about, we don't the talk about that. were very different, but still, that's really weird. But hey, to their point. But not to their point, but hey, to this, they drafted fourth and they got more insider out of that. Okay. The Colorado Avalanche, remember, they were terrible for a good chunk of the 2010s. I do recall a year they drafted fourth overall and got killed. You want to hear a fun fact? Yes, please. Joe Sackick became GM of the Colorado Avalanche the year after Jim Benning became GM of the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, man. If you want to know how long. We have not been rebuilding. 
Ooh. I mean, uh, I don't know where, where to go with that. Yeah, so, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Man. My favorite style. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. know, man. It's so like, kind of yeah. wild. So it's just like, you know what? Like, I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, it, it, it's a feel good story and it's great. And it's a great start. You know, when you're about the, you know, it's a, it's a crazy positivity right now. And yes, Julian, for sure. Being last does not guarantee you the first overall pick. Absolutely. However, it gives you the best chance to do so. So I just don't. And I you don't... can still mess up that pick anyway. Except if but you really mess up Connor Bedard this year, this should be on the team, not the player. I mean, I don't know. Seattle's, Seattle's messing up uh, Shane Wright. Can we talk about that? I don't know if right now. I wrote a whole essay on it. But last man, weekend. I don't he's know. He's not ready what? yet. He's playing seven minutes. What? You, like, of course he's not ready. Less than. Just less play seven to junior. I don't, don't understand what they're minutes. doing with him, man. They're, they're sending him back either. to junior. They're yeah. ruining him. It's, it sucks. I feel so bad for him. Dude, he yeah. would have, like, his former minor hockey teammate is the leading scorer in the NHL right now. It's kind of like, it almost just spells the point out in the full detail. Like, you know, the thing with Shane Wright, too, it's like, why, why play him? Like, what's, I think it's fewer than seven minutes. So, why don't I think he's only averaged more than six minutes in one of those five games? It's, it's been a drastic mismanagement of a prospect. You know, Shane Wright also lost a developmental year because of the pandemic, right? Like, mm, all those kids he did. did. And his game, like, he's the most pro ready forward in the class. Like, if you were expecting him to put up, like, McDavid rookie year scoring numbers, that was just unrealistic to begin with. Like, the strength of his game is that he's an all around player. With good playmaking mistakes, and you're burying him on the fourth line with six minutes a game, it's just a waste of time. I don't get it at all. Yeah, I don't understand how the GM is watching this and saying, like, okay, listen, like this is our, our highest pick from last year. Like, are we playing him or are we not? Like, you can't you can't have him play freaking fourth line, even worse than fourth line minutes in the NHL. He's not gonna benefit from that at all. So it's like at least like put him in a situation where he can feel good, good about himself, let him dominate somewhere, and then bring him back. Like that makes no no sense. That makes absolutely yeah. no sense. Doesn't make sense. I don't know why sometimes it feels as if like people on shows like ours seem to have a better grasp of how it works to develop prospects than people who work in front offices. Maybe not everybody, but I do think Shane Wright deserves better than whatever he's getting right now. If he if it means dominating in another year junior, so be it. But I don't necessarily agree with like seven minutes of fourth line time. Like yeah. it's just it's it's a bit weird. Yeah. Um I think that's pretty much it for this week's edition of Zone Time, people. Arun, you filled in admirably. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And, of course, Sam and Omar, of course, the show is nothing without you both. Uh, we'll be back next week with a brand-new episode. Uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the Yahoo Sports NHL YouTube page as well. We'll be back next week, everybody. Peace. <laughs>of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details